The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Uh, Kathleen McNamee from Over the Ball joins me. Kathleen, good morning. Morning, Pat. So, the Ryder Cup big talking point over the weekend. I mean, it's a, a, a match that has drawn people from outside golf to watch it just because of the rivalry. Yeah, I will admit golf is definitely not one of the top sports on my list that I often watch. And I was a little bit scathing of it on Friday. And then slowly as the weekend was going on, just because of even all the off course antics, I was getting more and more invested in what was happening on the course. You know, we saw McElroy having a go at one of the American caddies in a car park because the caddy, he felt like he was celebrating in his face on the course. We saw, you know, Shane Lowry running around the place, fist pumping, giving off to one of the officials for being too loud on the course. And of course, he had that near comeback by the Americans as well, just to yeah, add to the I mean, there was a bit of a surge, but it... it yeah, it was off. one of those ones where you could kind of convince yourself that maybe something was going to happen, even though you knew it probably wasn't. But uh, yeah, I mean, it seemed like one that really, really mattered to the Europeans and especially the likes of Roy McIlroy, who was quite emotional at the end. Uh, you saw the scenes then of them on the bus afterwards jumping around like it was an underage GA match that they just won a county final in or something. Um, but yeah, it was really, really interesting. 16.5 to 11.5 was the end result there. And I think... I think the America or the Europeans now are really on it. I think they really, really want to win one over in the States and I think that'll be probably be yeah, the, the big Americans one haven't won one in Europe for thirty years, so it's been a long, long time. Um let's move on to the Premier League and unfortunately VAR uh, happens to be the the topic that is most preoccupying people uh, for a number of matches, not just the Liverpool debacle yesterday or was it, when was it? I saw it. It was, anyway. yeah, it was the Saturday game. Saturday. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you haven't heard about this, you've probably been under a rock for the weekend. But basically, Liverpool had a goal disallowed. Um, it said that it was Luis Diaz was offside. He wasn't actually offside. And Pigmall, who were like the referee in the association, they released a statement saying that it was a human error that caused it. So it was one of the. VAR referees saying that he didn't think it was. Now, this whole thing came out the next day that the two referees who were on had actually been in the UAE like 48 hours beforehand, refereeing a game over there. Um, So they were tired. So they were tired. And that's what came out. Now, Liverpool released a statement themselves saying that the error undermined sporting integrity. And I mean... Like you bring in VAR to try and eliminate human error, you know, because it's a very difficult job being a linesman. You've got to be kind of eyes in the back of your head. You've got to see the moment when the ball is kicked and also have a look across the line to see whether someone is offside or onside. And that's got to happen simultaneously. So VAR is going to sort that out. And, and it hasn't. And it hasn't. But it's only really in the Premier League where we see this sort of thing. You know, VAR is used in a lot of other leagues and contexts and it's used to quite a big effect. So it's like unfortunate that we're seeing it not used well here. And like they do need to do something because I can totally understand if you're a Liverpool fan feeling highly aggrieved at the decision over the weekend. Um, and as you say, it wasn't only just there. And there's a really interesting kind of opposite side to that where like in the Women's Super League, they don't have VAR. But there was calls for it all weekend because there was goals that went over the line and weren't given. And as we were saying beforehand, you know, where you finish in the league, no matter which league it is, it's really important for you. I mean, there's money involved here. Your ranking at the end of your league uh, determines how much of the pot that you get. And then also, if, for example, Liverpool are denied a Champions League place by a point, 
yeah, which they might have had if they got the first goal. You know, it would have changed maybe the whole course of the game. Exactly. It could have a massive effect. And it, you could even look at it if Liverpool were even going for a title race or something and that cost them a Premier League title. You know, that they'd yeah. be very, very unhappy with that. The other so issue what is action here, though, are they going to take? Well, see, this is the other issue because they're technically the laws of the game were not broken. So technically there's nothing that can be done. You know, Liverpool can't apply to have the game replayed. They can't apply to have the points. They can't, you know, there's not really any recourse. So that's also something that needs to be looked at in the context of this game. The only thing VAR can really do and Howard Webb is go back, review the processes, say, I'm sorry, and then maybe bring in different ones for a future game. Yeah, but, but that terms, doesn't get you the point that you should have had. Exactly. So it doesn't actually, there's nothing that Liverpool can do that is going to out- change the outcome of what happened, basically. Mm. Uh, I mean, the, the question is, if the technology doesn't deliver accuracy and certainty, you have to question the value of it. Because, I mean, back in the day, what the referee said was final. That's mm. it. And he could be terribly wrong, but that was it. You <laughs> yeah. know? And everyone accepted that refs made mistakes and they would abuse them from a height and so on. But at the end of the day, they would figure they'd get the rub of the relic enough times during the season uh, as all the other teams mm. and, and vice versa. Well, I feel like this is going to be the thing that's going to break it because they have to do something. It was such an egregious error. And like, it, it's not even that there was just the two VAR refs. Like, there's about eight different officials doing this at any given moment. You know, there's eight different officials on the pitch. The fact that there wasn't one person who said, "Mm, actually, this isn't right. And you could see the ref clearly got word in his ear quite soon after that goal was disallowed that something big had happened because he made a face and he was kind of holding his earpiece mm. and he looked very annoyed. So it didn't stop him giving two yellow cards. No, it didn't stop and him. Liverpool reduced to nine people. I was watching at the, at the end of the game um, and their defence was just, it was magn- It was the Alamo. Now, it was. They almost made it. They almost made it. It was seriously, seriously impressive. And I think that's the one thing I've seen a lot of Liverpool fans saying since the weekend is that they can walk out with their heads held high. They deserve to get something out of that game considering how everything went. Yeah. Now, uh, let's talk about rugby. And uh, Australia were going to put on a, a display to dispel all doubts about them when they were playing Portugal. Uh, so we expected them to run in a dozen tries. Mm, yeah. Didn't happen. No, it didn't happen. And actually, there was a few people. Alan Quinlan was on off the ball on a Friday saying that he expected that Portugal could actually do something against Australia. Portugal have actually been one of my favourite teams to watch in this World Cup just because they've really put it up to some teams. I mean, 34-14, I know Australia are terrible, but it's still not bad. And just some of their plays, you know, they had that no-look line out earlier on in the tournament. There was another no-look back pass yesterday that was just really nice. So when they get playing a little bit of ball, they are very, very good. Um, South Africa beat Tonga. That's obviously important for our group, 49-18. Not the most comprehensive of beatings, but it was very much a second string South African yeah, and side. Through now, so. And they're through now. And we got to see Pollard as well. Uh, he had a very good game. And then Scotland absolutely hammered Romania 84 0. That was, uh, it was a difficult game to watch, I have to say. Yeah. And again, it probably tells us nothing. Probably tells us nothing, no. I mean, apart from the fact of should we have let Ben Healy go? He had a very, very impressive game. Um, I think he scored 27 points in total over the course of the game. So, But where would he fit? Well, that's, I, I wouldn't be sad if he was coming off our bench, I'd put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, the the uh, question now for us uh, when the match uh, against Scotland is, is coming up, I mean, it really is must win. 
Yeah, no, it really is. I mean, if Scotland beat us by a bonus point and we don't get a losing bonus point, things are looking a little bit hairy for us. Uh, we and start seven counting points, points as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they have to beat us by a try and get a bonus point. Um, but again, nothing is impossible in this game. I think a lot of Irish people as well. We've been talking so much about quarterfinal, whether we want France or New Zealand. And for a long time, everyone was like, mm, New Zealand. And then they had that massive performance against Italy this weekend, 96-17, which Italy, I don't mm. know what happened there. Make and, you a little Antoine bit more Dupont may be playing for France with uh, some sort of a prosthetic around his head. Yeah, exactly. He's getting fitted for a mask, so to be confirmed whether he will actually be able to play. But um I don't know, I'm starting to get nervous again. I felt like I had a little bit of peace after the South Africa game. I felt good and now the nerves are creeping back in again. Well, that's what we want, isn't it? Yeah. You know, the anticipation. <laughs> and finally, Aidan O'Brien, no uh, luck at all in the uh, Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe. I think the, the, the horse came fifth, mm. um, but was boxed in and may have had more potential, but just didn't, couldn't make the, the running. A very exciting race. In fact, uh, the, the the race card, I saw a few of the races, all uh, incredibly exciting stuff. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this is the cream of European yeah. and world horses, in fact, uh, come for the pre-meeting. Uh, Kathleen, thank you very much for joining us. Kathleen McNamee from Off the Ball. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.